Hey everybody, and welcome to the Ace Football Academy. I am Coach Hamilton, alongside, as always, with Coach Dunham. This is the September 8th edition of the World Soccer Roundup. Coach, before we dive into this week, we both didn't do so hot last week. You went 3-3, three and three, I went 2-4, and four, bringing us both to 8-10 and 10 overall. So we have struggled out of the gate a little bit. I told you I was giving you false hope. I'm sneaking my way back up to the top, and I'll eventually leave you behind, so don't uh, worry. It's been weird because I think I had both of us, outside of like our homework picks with teams we both like, we've both kind of taken, especially early on, I'm taking the favorites in a lot of these games, and the favorites right now, I think we mentioned this last week, just aren't getting it done. In multiple leagues. In multiple leagues. Yeah. Out, you know, outside of Man City, doesn't seem to be anybody getting it done. Right. Coach, maybe a little quicker episode here tonight, although I say that, and you never know with you and I, but that is because all, mo- I shouldn't say all, but most of the pro leagues are on international break this weekend with uh, the men's national team, the U.S. men's national team, and all the men's national team playing this weekend. You and I will kind of dive into that uh, um, later on. But let's jump into the MLS. And, Coach, here's what I kind of thought we would do. We have two MLS games that we're going to break down or at least talk about. And then I thought we'll talk about them real quick, make our picks, and then maybe dive into the MLS standings. There are seven or eight games remaining in the season. And so maybe we look at a couple teams, look at the playoff race, and kind of give a little – Quick breakdown of what that looks like. Yeah, I think it's obvious to know FC Cincinnati's already clinched their playoff berth. It's going to be, can Lionel Messi bring Inter Miami back up to playoff position, which I don't think you kind of believe he's going to do it. They've just been rolling. He's scoring goals every single game. But can the bottom teams make their way up, win a few games, get some points? Who's going to drop out of the playoff positions? So it's going to be interesting. Last seven games, we'll be watching that pretty closely. And I'm curious on who the matchups are going to be when the playoffs start. So let's dive right in. And again, you mentioned them, Inter-Miami. It's hard not to talk about them right now with what's going on. Inter-Miami is playing Sporting KC. I read online and, and I mentioned it to you. And it is so true. It's like the new Inter-Miami. You know, they're a completely different. It is team. the new yes. Inter-Miami. Versus Sporting KC, surprisingly enough, this game is a pick on with an over shocking with an over under of three. It is shocking. I mean, here's the only thing that I'm thinking. I'm gonna have to go back and look. I guess there is some conversation that Messi may not be playing in these games because of the international call up. Oh, that's very possible. So I, I think that may have a lot to do with the. Pick them line there. The over yeah, under yeah, of three. Absolutely. The over under of three there. Case. But they still have Busquets. They still have Jordi Alba. Yeah, and Martinez. They guys that Vance. can control the tempo of the game yeah. a little bit, but good scoring Miami's goals is going to be the problem. Well, and we'll get and again. We'll get into the standings in a little bit. Kansas City is actually, believe it or not, only two points outside the playoffs as we sit. But coach, they are only one six and six on the road this season. And this game down in Miami, we are going to pick it regardless of whether Messi or plays or not. Is it safe to say we're both taking Inter-Miami here? 
I believe we will be. We've just talked about this. The teams we're expecting to win or the favorites. Yeah. Haven't been getting the job done. And Messi's scoring their goals or assisting in their goals. So all could happen here because Miami just doesn't score when Messi's not on the field. And even though they've got Busquets and, and Alba on the field, they're not the goal scorers. I'm going to go draw here. Oh, I like it. I I'm like it. Draw. I think them not having Messi, it's really going to mess up their tempo. I still think Inter-Miami has enough to get it done. I actually like that draw pick, but I will stick with Inter-Miami there. The other one, before we dive into the standings a little bit, Coach, that we're looking at is Minnesota United versus New England. Minnesota is a half-goal favorite with another over-under of three. Right now, Minnesota is on a six-match unbeaten streak, but they've only had one win all season against the Eastern Conference. They've really struggled. They haven't won back-to-back games against the Eastern Conference since 2019. So really struggle against teams from the Eastern Conference. New England in a, again, we will get to this in just a second, New England in a heated race for second with now Orlando City. They're currently tied. Of course, Orlando City, after beating FC Cincinnati last weekend, does have a game up on New England. So... Where are you going to go here, Coach? Yeah, Minnesota and New England. I'm really shocked that Minnesota is being given half goal advantage here. Even though they're on a six-match unbeaten, New England has been at the top of the table on the Eastern Conference pretty much the entire season. Yeah. Top four, at least. Top four, top five, fluctuating here and there, maybe one spot. I just don't see New England finishing the season struggling. I see Minnesota slipping more than New England. I'm, like I said, I'm shocked that they're getting the half goal lead here and over under three. I see New England winning this easily, actually. I just don't think Minnesota is going to get it done. New England's been solid all year. I've got New England on an easy win here. I don't know if it'll be easy, but outside of everything you just said, I agree with. Outside of the fact that you think it might be a little easy for um, New England, I think it's a good match, but I, I agree with you. I'm going to take New England as well. So, Coach, real quickly, before we move on to a fun NWSL weekend last weekend, we will talk, of course, we, we all know the U.S. Open Cup is Inter-Miami versus Real Salt Lake. Those finals will be on September 27th. We will really break down that game on the 22nd. Although, I don't know if there's much to break down outside of Messi. Yeah, but, right, exactly. But... We will definitely break that down. But, Coach, let's dive in real quickly to the MLS. And I'm just going to – I got the standings pulled up here. We're both kind of looking at them. I'm just going to throw um, a couple couple questions at you for both conferences. Yes, yeah, far away. So, FC Cincinnati is up 10 points, eight games to play for New England, seven games to play. For some other teams there. Let's say New England wins this weekend. So now they are up seven points with seven games to play. Does FC Cincinnati get the job done and secure the number one seed in the Eastern Conference? I believe they do. They, just like I said about New England, they're not going to just fall off the cliff to end the season. As long as Acosta, Vasquez, and their back line continue to play pretty solid, 
I see Cincinnati finishing up the season as number one. With that being said, looking at their final games, I see three games being competitive for them. Philadelphia, Miami, and ending it with Atlanta. And I don't think Philadelphia will give them a good match. Atlanta will be a good match, but I don't see them getting in the way of Cincinnati. I think it's more down to Miami and Philadelphia giving them a run for their money, but nothing there worries me as far as them having points taken away. All right, so let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum, and we're going to talk about a couple of different teams, but, of course, everybody's talking about Inter-Miami, and we don't want to get hung up on that too much. But looking at it right now, Inter-Miami is eight points out of the ninth spot with seven matches to play. Actually, they have extra matches. They've only played 25. They have only played 25. Everybody else is about 27, 26, 27 games. So So eight points out with, let's say, nine matches to play. Right. Do they get in? Well, here's what we just discussed previously is Messi is out on international duty. So how many games is he going to be missing? I was thinking it's two, right? Two myself, which would make sense. And they're going to need every game to win to get points. Now, without Messi, if they can get draws, yeah, I agree. Get some points, they have a possibility, but they've got their work cut out for them. They've got to win every game here on out to have a chance to get the playoff berth. Because the teams ahead of them, they're not going to lose every single game. They're going to win their games or getting draws and getting points. So, they need Messi, and they need to win these games. So they're ultimately looking at a, what we're hearing with the two games. They're looking at Sporting KC on Saturday, and then they're looking at Atlanta United next Saturday. The Atlanta United game on the road. I think they're going to be okay without my, Messi in the Sporting KC game. Probably. But, you know, that Atlanta United becomes really, really tough all of a sudden. Supposed to be an away game. Being away, being without Messi, you know, becomes really tough. Then, of course, you know, on the back heels of that, you have the Open Cup final that they're going to be playing as well. How much stock do they put into that? They finish with New York City, Chicago. Of course, that matchup against FCC that we've already mentioned. And then Charlotte and Charlotte. So it looks like they end the game with two matches against Charlotte. So... That must have been one of the matches that has been postponed for due to whatever reason that they have to make up, that, as we were mentioned earlier. I just, I think Messi in the in the playoffs would be phenomenal. But if he's going to miss the next two games, I don't know if they get it done. Yeah, I'll have to agree with you. There's, just like I said for SC Cincinnati, there's three or four games there that, with or without Messi, is going to be a tough match. And not having Messi on those two games, I'm automatically giving them a loss or a draw on those mm. two matches, which already puts them behind on gaining yeah. those points up. So, And then you look at that SC Cincinnati game, and I know it's down in Miami, but if FC Cincinnati is the team I think they are, they make some adjustments to the last 15 minutes there after what happened the last time they played each other. And I think that game goes differently too. And all of a sudden, that's three of your nine ma- matches that you've either lost or drawn. And, and now you're kind of, you need help from other teams. Um, you need teams like, let's dive into it real quickly. You need teams like 
DC United, Chicago, Montreal. You need teams like that ahead of you to really lose. I mean, you, you don't want them getting any points. I think it's a big uphill climb. Coach, right now, spots 9, 10, 11, and 12 are separated by three points in the East. I'm going to give you four teams. You tell me who's in. You only get one of the four. Right now, D.C. United holds the ninth spot at 33 points. Chicago is in the 10th spot at 32 points. Charlotte in the 11th at 31 points. And then New York City FC in the 12th spot at 30 points. I mean, if you wanted to, we could add the New York Red Bulls in the 13th spot at 29 points. I, I, New York City has not been a quality match. Chicago has not been very good. D.C. United has been up and down. Charlotte's kind of... They were at the bottom for so long. They're slowly making their way up. I'm going to go with Charlotte as getting enough points to make their way into the playoffs here. Even with Charlotte's final two going against Inter-Miami. I'm good with Charlotte. You got to figure if Charlotte can win both of those games, they're probably in. Probably. Um, if they win, one of them split, split their yeah. games, I think they can still get in there. But I'm going to stick with Charlotte on that. All right, real quickly, let's jump over to the Western Conference coach. St. Louis City, although they kind of had a, they kind of hit a downward slip a little bit after their super hot start as that expansion team, they are still leading the Western Conference with 47 points. The Sounders in second with 41. LAFC and Real Salt Lake, surprisingly, tied, well, and third and fourth, respectively, with 40 points. Does anybody catch St. Louis in that conference? Yeah. I don't know what's going on with LAFC. They've not been dominant at all. Really as of late, too. Especially the last month, they've really struggled. I think we need to look into this if they're dealing with some injuries going on there. Seattle has been a good streak. They're going to lose a couple. Same kind of situation there. So St. Louis, again, just like you said, they had that little bump in the road there. But stuff for me to say is definitive just because everybody's been so up and down. I'm going to say tables will probably pull it out with the lead that they've got. If they've got a little bit of cushion there, I'll, I'll stick with St. Louis taking the number one spot. Here's what's wild with St. Louis. Looking at their record, they're 15 wins, two draws, and 10 losses. That's almost unheard of. They're either winning or losing. There is no in-between for them. They're getting three points or they're getting zero points. So really, the thing about St. Louis is they're a high-scoring team, which means they're really pressing everybody up to get numbers high. They're probably getting countered a lot. Oh, if they continue that philosophy, they're probably going to get some losses, finish out the season. And now that leaves a bad for a team like LAFC, who is probably the better team overall. Yeah to sneak up there. So it's going to be interesting how they play off with their lineups there. You know, this Seattle, the Sounders are currently in second in that conference with St. Louis first, and they actually play each other in the final game of the regular season. So that'll be interesting to see if that is for the number one seed, you know, if, if Seattle has crept close enough to get in there in the number one seed. Last question, Coach, we're here with the conference conferences in the MLS as we close in. On the playoffs, sitting outside the playoff picture, again, it's tight as well. FC Dallas is currently ninth at 34 points, but then the 
uh, remaining teams, Austin FC at th- uh, 33 points, Sporting KC, as we mentioned earlier, 32, Portland 30, Galaxy 29. Um, well, I'll mention Colorado just because I mentioned everybody else, but they're only <laughs> sitting at 19 points. Coach, if I gave you the same question, you got five teams there, FC Dallas, Austin FC, Sporting KC, Portland, and LA Galaxy. Who are you taking for that ninth fi- ninth and final spot? I'm looking at this, and FC Dallas was in the top five for the first half of the entire season. They have just been dismantled over the last half of the season mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And I, I'm assuming they're going to continue to fall. So they'll probably fall completely out of the playoff picture. Something, something's going on there that we need to look into. If they got, That's got to be multiple injuries type of a situation there. There's, there's no real clear team here that I can say, yeah, they're probably going to move up there. I was to say anyone, I'd go with Austin. That's Austin exactly team, who I like as well. But I'm not comfortable with any of those bottom teams moving up. I mean, it's, look, Sporting KC has a phenomenal opportunity. They can steal a win against Miami on the road with Messi on international break. What a huge three points that would be for them. Massive. And maybe it changes a little bit. I, lo- I like Austin FC's schedule. They play Portland. They play the LA Galaxy again. Teams that are below them in the standards, they play the New York standings, excuse me. They play the New York Red Bulls from the East. They got a pretty favorable schedule to end the season. They played Colorado. So if I had to pick one as well, I'm going to take Austin FC as well. I like that. But really looking forward to the end of the MLS season. I think the MLS does it really, really well. And this is something we haven't talked about before, but they're kind of wrapping their season up as the pro leagues get going. I think that's really smart business because for the average fan, I would say, if you're running the league at the same time, everybody's going to be watching the, oh, absolutely. the EPL and Bundesliga and things yeah. like that. So really smart. So I'm excited for the ending of the MLS season. Just a quick reminder that this is the World Soccer Roundup by the Ace, brought to you by the Ace Football Academy, Coach Hamilton alongside Coach Dunham. Coach, there were two fantastic NWSL Challenge Cup semifinal matches, a wild, wild two games, really. We'll talk about each of them a little bit, and then we'll make our pick for the finals that will happen on September 9th. Coach, in this matchup, both the higher seeds and both matchups win the semifinal, racing Louisville, upsetting O.L. Reign, and then the North Carolina Courage upsetting the Kansas City Current. Yeah, I watched the North Carolina Courage versus KC Current match, and it was really a back-and-forth game. No one was really getting clear opportunities in the box. There's a few opportunities here and there. Really? North Carolina won it off of a player being in the right place at the right time for just a mad dash of a, of a shot. And it was in, what, the 92nd, 93rd minute? I had the 96th game. minute, yeah. 96. And it was out of nowhere. So, I didn't get just to watch the Racing Louisville overcome ORA, which ORA, we assume, was probably the better talented team. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to be an interesting final. Two teams that you really weren't expecting to be yeah. in there, but I think you and I were 
probably go with Racing Louisville, at least rooting for them to move on to win this match. But yeah, it's going to be a tough match here. I don't think there's a really clear winner between either one. So I think we're going Racing Louisville. Absolutely. I'm going to go Racing Louisville as well. Coach, you and I were kind of opposite. You watched the Casey Curry, North Carolina Courage game. I watched the OL Rain or some of the OL Rain Racing Louisville game. As you mentioned, the Curry scored in the 96th minute to win 1-0. Brianna Pinto kind of scored a goal. It was just kind of a mad scramble in the box. Yeah. And to any of my players that are listening, when I tell you it does not have to be pretty, please just shoot the ball. That moment right there is exactly why. It was not pretty. It was ugly. The ball kind of, it has some pace on it, but it just finds a corner. The goalkeeper didn't see it coming. You know, just shoot the ball. With, I showed you the video of how Racing Louisville scored. It is, it is one of, you and I kind of debated back and forth. Does, does the, so if you haven't seen it, just real quickly. O.L. Rain, right back, has the ball. On a free kick. On a free kick. Mm -hmm. She's clearly looking maybe to play quick, maybe to play a switch, but she literally plays it to Christian Davis for Racing Louisville, who is standing at the top of the 18. It's not like this is happening in midfield. At the top of the 18, Christian Davis, who I actually even think is a little surprised that the ball ends up at at her feet, takes a touch, finds the back of the net, and the game is over. You and I kind of talked, was was this a, I never saw her? Was this a, I'm trying to chip this ball across and I mishit it? But if you have not seen that play, I would highly recommend you go watch it because it is wild. Watching the video, I think she saw her outside mid on the far side of the field trying to make a long switch. She must have just mishit it because it didn't get the loft that it needed yeah. to get over that player's head. Really, it was about what chest height? Maybe and she just stuck her leg out, brought it down, and it was over. Yeah, and it was a quick, easy, bad decision, mistake, whatever you want to call it. But she made them pay. What you want your striker to do is Absolutely. make them pay and just get after that goal. And of course, that happens in the 28th minute because so you're kind of thinking, "Oh well, rain." Like, okay, we have plenty of time, plenty of time, but that ends up being the. Game winner and ends up being the only yep. goal. Racing Louisville holds on and wins 1 0. So exciting there. And as we mentioned, that is uh, the 3 C North Carolina Courage versus the 4 C Racing Louisville. Final is Saturday, early afternoon at 12 30. If you are in the Eastern time zone, Coach and I are not only rooting, but I think we're both just going to ride Racing Louisville, who even outside of this tournament, Coach, have been hot. They, they've been playing good soccer. Yeah, but absolutely. They're climbing the charts a little bit. Either they got the right formation down, the coach has their tactics down. The, the team is on the same page. They're in, we talked about this a lot in previous videos. They're in sync. Absolutely. And it makes a difference when the team chemistry is everybody's on the same page. Real quickly, Coach, before we sign off tonight, U.S. Women's National Team, as we mentioned, Megan Rapino announced her retirement final game will be against South Africa on the 24th. We mentioned last week that Julie Ertz also announced her retirement. We have found out that her final match will be on the 21st versus South Africa. So two massive pieces for a two-time World Cup winning team hanging their boots up. So it'll be fun to watch them play their final games in strikes. I'm a little surprised in the Julie Ertz announcement. 
she's what 31 years old mm-hmm. she'll probably play at least another world cup cycle there so there must be things going on in her personal life i mean she just had a baby last year yeah. and i think that's the answer and then i don't maybe I don't. they want a bigger family which is perfectly fine oh yeah it sounds like she's going to continue playing in the nwsl league so best look to her and i was going to say the same thing i don't know julie personally it's not like she and i talk or anything <laughs> but it's a family thing. I think she wants a family. I think she wants a bigger family. So good for her. Congratulations to both her and Megan Rapino on a fantastic career. Absolutely. The men's national team on the other side of things. Again, we're kind of keeping an eye on the whole Berhalter Arena thing. Nothing new on that front, but there are some friendlies coming up. Uh, Saturday, September 9th and Tuesday, September 12th. Again, we mentioned the Pro Leagues being on international break coach something just 30 seconds real quickly i should have mentioned at the top of the broadcast you know the u.s men's national team players have had a really good start to their club seasons you know we've mentioned That's true we've mentioned pool set quite a bit because um he's scoring the goals moose is also on ac malone with him yes so. and McKinney's playing well, and Tyler Adams is playing well. And so just a really good start start for the U.S. men's national team on the club side of things. Be interesting to see them all on the same field again for the men beginning on September 9th. That is Saturday. Game is at 5.30, so be sure you tune into that. The game will be on TNT. We appreciate you listening in, and as always, we ask you to please... Go to your preferred podcast platform and give us a five-star rating. It helps us out a whole bunch. We appreciate you so much for listening. This has been the World Soccer Roundup brought to you by the Ace Football Academy.